welcome to this week 16 edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Unlike what we said last week, this definitely is the last podcast of 2021. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of time left to squeeze in another one. Nope, and we are actually busy the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. So this is it. We thought we might as well review the state championship games. We thought we could just do it from Rebecca and I's knowledge of the games, mine from watching <laughs> Twitter and the occasional highlight on the internet. Rebecca from, I don't know what her knowledge would come from. Uh, I get my local sports news primarily from the uh, the signs on the skyline in my, the towns nearest me. So. so what we thought we would do is we would bring in a guest who actually watched the games just, just to bring a little knowledge to this podcast. Change it up a little bit. So we are pleased to welcome Seth Whiting, who is coming off his opening season as coach of the Minster Wildcast here to the podcast. Howdy, coach. Hey, thanks for having me. No, sorry if there's a, like I said, if there's baby noise in the background, there's some little ones rolling around over here. So. I don't think we mind whatsoever, do we, Rebecca? Not at all. I thought we'd bring coach in earlier than we usually bring our guests so that he is forced to listen to us talk about our Cincinnati Bearcats, right, Rebecca? <laughs> Since our last podcast, we had the American Athletic Conference Championship game won by our Cincinnati Bearcats 35-20 to 20 over 11-1 Houston. And of course, they were then invited to play in the college football playoff this year against Alabama. As long as we don't talk about the, um, the basketball showing we've been doing this year. No, this is a football podcast. The mention of <laughs> Xavier beating Cincinnati by 20 points in basketball the other night will not come up. I thought you were going to talk about the fact you're going to lose your football coach here in a month. <laughs> there is a rumor right after Ryan Day becomes the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that was what I was going to follow up with. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. As it's long as not he wins an unfamiliar a, situation. Yep. As long as he wins us a national championship first, then he can go to Ohio State. Already got us into the Pac-12, so. Big 12. Big 12. One <laughs> of the 12s that doesn't have 12 teams. So, Rebecca, were you at a nice watch party for that Cincinnati Bearcats football game? Yeah. Yep. I was on a very comfy couch with some fresh baked cookies. And then we proceeded to uh, ignore the game and pretend anything else was happening. <laughs> it was a good time. Now you see, if I'd have been in town, I would have been down there hanging out, probably outside the stadium because I would have been too cheap to buy a ticket, just waiting for the chance to go in and charge the field at the end of the game. Oh, nope. I zoned out. I was thinking about the basketball game. Oh. <laughs> it's the most recent one in my memory. I was, for the football game, I was also on that same couch, but we were much more invested. Not eating cookies? No, not that time. That was right after the pie party. So lots of lots of pie instead. Well, I tell you, I spent that watching that football game. I spent the first half of that game incredibly worried. Yeah. I, I spent the third quarter incredibly joyous <laughs> as the Bearcats rolled up a 21 to nothing third quarter advantage. It was nice. And I spent the fourth quarter with more than a few tears in my eyes, thinking how much I wish something like that had happened when I was in school. Personally, I had the joy of field trip to the Hoosier Dome to watch the Bearcats lose to Indiana State University <laughs> in front of 2,000 fans when I was in school. Oof. Yeah. Rough one. It was a tough one. Yep. There was one advantage. I went to a game at Penn State 
where the fans knew they were going to beat us so bad that they gave us free food and drink all day long. <laughs> Solid trade-off there. Yes. They did indeed beat us 40-something to nine. We blocked one punt for a touchdown and blocked another one for a safety. That's how we got nine points. By the way, a quick shout-out to Minster grad and Minster resident Greg Heitkamp, who was on those teams. <laughs> he did not play in the Indiana State game, but... In the Penn State game, he was facing off against an All-American defensive lineman across from him, and I saw at least one play where he just pancaked the guy. Oh, would good for him. Been, would that have been LeVar Arrington? Uh, yeah, I believe it was. We will not talk about what happened most of the other plays in that game. <laughs> <laughs> there was some where he looked really good, I tell you. So, Coach, before we get started on the actual high school football games, and we have a new guest, we'd like to ask him for a brief recap of his playing and coaching career can you tell us a little bit about your playing history and then how you got to coaching and how that's gone well previous uh before playing I, I grew up in Delphus went to St. John's my dad was a head football coach for the late 80s and all through the 90s and then after you know the start of the streak and a couple of state championships he'd taken another job on the other side of the state where I went to high school played football at Canal Fulton Northwest High School uh, after that, I played college football at Baldwin Wallace. It was Baldwin Wallace College when I was there. It's university now. But when I finished up doing that, I was a graduate assistant football coach at Walsh University for Jim Dennison. When I got done uh, with my GA program and completed my master's degree, I coached running backs and safeties at Maslin Perry High School. Oh, I did that for two years and started applying for head coaching jobs just to try to get some experience interviewing and, and find out, you know, how to go through the process. And I was lucky. I think I applied for, applied for six or seven jobs and I got four interviews, three of the jobs I had an opportunity to take. Uh, I ended up taking a job at Springfield Northwestern down here, right over by Wittenberg, because initially uh, it was the only place that didn't know who my dad was. So you know, I, I thought I, I got a job on my own merit. So that was important to me. I didn't want to look like I was riding coattails. So that was exciting. They had really struggled in the past. I think they were uh, something like 19 and 81 the previous 10 seasons before I took the job. Something like that could be off there, but something like that. And then we did okay while I was there. We we're a little bit above 500. It was great people. Our athletic director's name is Jeff Hobby, uh, an unbelievable guy. Him and his wife, Linda, um, took care of me. They were like second parents. But I ended up leaving and taking the job at Alliance uh, back over by where I'd gone to high school, over by Canton. We were fortunate to have some good success over there. We were there for five years. Um, we went around three seasons without losing a, a league game. We're in the playoffs four years, won the league three years in a row. And then uh, Minster came open and I got a phone call and had a conversation and ended up over here. Actually, I had a Zoom meeting interview with them that got over at 6 p.m. I left the meeting, got in the car, drove with my wife to the hospital, and then we had our second child that night. Oh my goodness. So, and then we were in the hospital for two days and we came home and I left and drove to Minster to have another interview. So packed up two babies and a <laughs> wife who had just given birth and sold a house and moved four hours across the state. <laughs> oh, you have a very understanding wife there as most football oh, coaches seem to have. She's amazing. So she coaches junior high girls basketball, so she gets it. But Well, now we have coach introduced here. We will first do Rebecca's favorite part of the podcast. We will go back and yes. see how we did predicting the week before. So you ready, I think Rebecca? I did pretty well this week. I have a good feeling. 
we will start with the Cal Preps trending feature that we brought up the last couple of weeks. Three of the seven games, they had the teams trending the same. The other games, the team trending higher, won one and lost three. We're killing off that thing next year, Rebecca. No more. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best stat for playoffs. No, it has not been very good other than the first week we brought it up. It's it's gone. It might be better regular season, but it... it, it mm. I don't know. <laughs> we'll be safe. We'll just kill it off. <laughs> okay. Got to get uh, who was the one fellow that was always pretty accurate? Drew Pasture. Yes. Hopefully, Drew is back next season. I've talked to him. He was just he had some personal things this year, and also he is a college professor and had to do everything on Zoom these last the last two years, and it's really really made him busy. He had to change the whole way he taught and everything, and just didn't have the time for it the last two years we are hoping drew's back next year actually had him as a guest once about what a year and a half ago rebecca maybe maybe two maybe two years ago yeah nice good guy all right if you looked at the state championship games just by their seeding what seed number they had in their regions two games featured teams with equal seeds the other five games the higher seeded team won two and lost three so yeah also not the best way to predict the state championship games, right? But we kind of know that already. Yes, we did. Once we get out of regional play, those seeds really don't mean much anymore. Mm-hmm. No, they're done at that point. Okay, we also this year went to the old yappy.net and saw the polls of what the people on the internet thought were going to win. The people on the internet got three right and four, lo- four wrong. Only 43%, under 500 I mean, acceptable for the finals, I would say. Yeah, not bad. So you think I the internet? Uh, I've been on that site. I've seen some stuff from that site a couple of times. People show me stuff. I kind of steer clear of it because it's, you know, people get on there and they're either tearing you apart or singing your praises for something that they don't really understand or know about. So I just decide not to beat my head against the wall and stay away from it. But inevitably, somebody will always show me something. Hey, so and so. Whoever this person is said this about you or said that about you usually makes me laugh. So, Whenever you have anonymous internet users, you're just bound to be loaded with accurate information, right? (laughs) (laughs) Next, we had our coach and a coach last week, Nick Marino. He also went three and four. He went two and one on the Saturday games featuring MAC teams. So Uh knew his stuff there. It was the other four games. He only went one and three, but then, you know, a lot of us around here don't see most of those teams that play in divisions one through four very often. So now we teen, we tend to lean on our West central Ohio knowledge. The uh, computer site, calpreps.com that predicts every football game in the country. It went four and three, a little better. Not bad. And you know what? I went four and three <laughs> and Rebecca went four and three. It's the magic number. It is. It's a, it's slightly over 500. Not much. Now, Rebecca and I both went only one and two in the MAC games. We both <laughs> predicted two MAC state championships. We just predicted the wrong teams. <laughs> oh, that's I, I called for three and oh in the Mac. So I was, I was a little off. Rebecca and I both bailed on Versailles. We went with Kirtland. Versailles proved us wrong. Good for Versailles, but also I was really rooting for Kirtland. Really, I was rooting for Versailles. I just thought Kirtland was going to win. So I was I rooting know. for Versailles, trying to keep my dad's record intact. Hey, yes. there you go. 
between my, you know, my dad and coach Holdy, you know, they have, I don't know. What is it? 56, 57, something like 57. that. 57. So you know, I was rooting for Versailles and I also had to game plan and prepare and play Versailles. So I was aware of what they were showing up with. Yes. We figured the uh, Versailles Kirtland game would be the most important one to the Whiting family due to that <laughs> Delphi St. John 57 game win streak that your dad was part of. And you are probably, you're probably in the stands watching some of those uh, games, on the right? sidelines getting on the sidelines getting headsets thrown at me and stuff oh okay <laughs> I, was head, I was a headset guy uh, but no those are two really good football teams to watch you know both Kirtland and Versailles and you know Tiger Laverde obviously his resume speaks for itself and you know coach Jones is doing a really good job so good football it's fun to watch oh and I noticed you you get the pleasure of facing Versailles in week 10 again next year coach uh, we do. We do. We lost cold water. That was our, our one that we lost. So I think we open with Marion. Yes, you do. Open with Marion and close with for sales. Good times. Yeah. State champion. No, we're excited. It's, it's so fun to coach in this conference because it's every week is just makes it fun, man. It's, make, it, it's exciting to go, you know, to, to really, really have to battle every week. It's a neat conference to, to be blessed to be a part of. Yep, not many off weeks, if any, ever in the MAC, that's for sure. And finally, if you ever go to my website and notice that I kept the computer points running through the postseason, if you went with the higher computer points team, you would have gone five and two picking state champions. Hmm. The only ones wrong would have been Versailles and Rebecca's favorite, Winton Woods. Yes. The good park system strikes again. <laughs> good park system. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a really of... massive woodland and they've got this beautiful lake in the middle that you can like rent boats on and go out and just have a good time in the middle of Cincinnati. Oh, not a lot of throwing going on in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Too many trees in the parks. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was our, <laughs> that was our opening Thursday night game that we will discuss first. At the end of it, Rebecca was happy. She was 1-0. Every other predictive measure was 0-1 after that game. <laughs> yeah, I think anybody predicting those games, you got to go with Hoban and what Tim's done there. They've obviously been super successful, but good for Wayne Woods. So we'll hit the state championship games one by one here, and we will start with Thursday night, the Division II game. 13-3, and Cincinnati Winton Woods defeated 11-4, and Archbishop Hoban 21-10. And again, I did not witness these live, but from what I read about them, it sounded like Winton Woods pretty much dominated on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you know, other than the, I can't remember what it was, turnover block punt or something, the the turnovers Winton Woods had in their own territory that Hoban got points off of. Other than that, Winton Woods kind of dominated the game. So uh, they played green the week prior to that. What a game that was. Something, but Green had a bunch of opportunities to punch the ball in and just had some untimely turnovers and Winton Woods held on. I think Winton Woods ended up winning, I want to say 20 to seven. Good game. I mean, Green had just beat Maslin the week before that. So uh, nice run for them. Yeah, I noticed in this game, Hoban had 10 points. They had a fumble recovery that I don't remember if they scored the touchdown on that or if they just set up a touchdown. Set it up. Set it. And then there was another call early in the game. Winton Woods was punting. And the punter had his knee down and lifted it up before the snap got to him. But the referee missed that and called him down where he caught the, and that set up a field goal for Hoban then. So right, that was all Hoban could get against Winton Woods. 
Yeah, they uh, they struggled to to move the ball, so struggled mm-hmm. to try to throw. So I don't, I don't know if I don't know if they had injuries or if they had other things going on. You never know because you're not you know you're not at practice with them. You're not in their game plan. You don't know what their plan of attack was. So it sounded like Hoban pretty much relied on their running game all season. I believe that's a freshman quarterback Hoban had. Uh, the I, Crable kid's a transfer from Maslin. He's really yeah. transferred from Maslin, huh? Yeah, it was. It's Sean Crable played for Maslin and then played at Michigan, played in the NFL. I think it's his kid. Okay. So I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure that's who it is. I don't, but uh, yeah, he transferred out. So that was a game that got things started Thursday night. On the Friday morning, the dreaded 10:30 or whatever time they kick off at. Right. Somebody asked me. They said, "What? What would you rather play? You know, the morning game, the afternoon game, the evening game?" I said, "I don't care. I just want to play." <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. If I'm in a state championship game, we're not complaining. But yeah, those morning ones would be tough. I think Coach Marino last week said he liked it. He didn't have to worry about the game all day. You got up, you went to the game, you played. You just right got it all done. So I can see that. Personally, I'm not much of a morning person, so that, that doesn't appeal to me at all. Okay, but Friday morning, Division Four, we had 14 and one Clinton Massey. Defeated 12 and three Youngstown Ursuline 29 to 28. This was sort of a game of runs. Clinton Massey started out ahead seven to nothing. Ursuline scored the next 28 points to go up 28 to seven. Sounded like the game was over then. But then Clinton Massey comes back, scored a touchdown with on fourth and one. On what? On fourth and one. On fourth and one, a seven minute drive, 45 seconds left. They scored on that fourth and one. Then ran into two-point conversion, gambled it all on the win at the end. Yeah. Ursuline's head coach, Dan Reardon, is a really good football coach. He was at Kent McKinley. He was at Ursuline, then he was he was out in Colorado, then he came back and was head coach at Kent McKinley for a while. But Coach Reardon's a good football coach. I was really pulling for Ursuline to get that win. Um, you know, he's a friend of mine. I wanted to, to see him celebrate. But heck of a job by Massey coming back. It was, it, it was fun to, to listen to him and watch the final quarter of that game. I noticed in the final stats, Clinton Massey, 345 yards rushing and one yard passing. Yeah, they don't, uh, they don't throw much. <laughs> but you don't see a lot of big comebacks without any passing yard. No, not normally. And what I found interesting, because I find strange things interesting here, sure. Clinton Massey's top running back, his last name was Trampler. 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 Yeah, That's I like one. that for a running back. It's a good name, don't you think? Mm-hmm. It is. So moving on to the Friday afternoon game in Division Three, undefeated 16-0 Chardon beat Hamilton Baden, who ends the season 14-1 by a final score of 21-14. First half of this game, only 157 combined yards between the two teams. 7-7 game at intermission. Part of that might have been Baden's quarterback was injured in the regional final, did not play in the state final game. That might have made something of a difference because Baden only ended up with 143 net yards for the game. Not a huge offensive showing at all. No. And they somehow managed to get five touchdowns out of that game. Well, Baden only got two touchdowns. Yeah, but still. No, good for Chardon. Back to back. They, it does a good job there. Uh, We played them when I was at Alliance two years ago and they they were young that year but they they put it on us man they were they were solid big and fast and physical and then obviously as those kids developed they went back to back and won you know those two state titles in a row so mm-hmm. good program good people up there anything else that stands out in that game coach did you notice anything physical 
just a physical, physical football game. I know Baden didn't have their quarterback, but it just it was fun to watch again, like like watching Versailles and Curly. I mean, there's a lot of big hits going on and, you know, two good football teams. So because that, that you compared to that, I've been told that the Versailles Kirtland game was perhaps the most physical game of the weekend. So if this game was close. It must have been a hard hitting game. Yep, absolutely. Next, we'll get to the Friday night game. And this is the top game of the weekend, supposedly the division one game. I imagine they play it on Friday night to avoid uh, overlapping with the Big Ten championship game on Saturday night. That would be my guess. Probably. We had 14-1 and Lakewood St. Edward defeated 13-2 and Springfield, 23-13. to Right out of the bat to start the game, Springfield had, a ball, had the ball early, drove all the way to the one-yard line on their first drive, and got stopped right there. Yeah, St. Ed's. Impressive. Yeah. St. Ed's is obviously really, really solid. And, and Mo, Coach Douglas did a really good job at Springfield. You know, I think last year they had a shot to win it too. They got got beaten in state semis last year. You know, so he's, he's done a really good job with that program. But, you know, they just went up against a really, really good football team. And sometimes, you know, it's – we won't get in the, the public versus private debate school-wise, <laughs> but sometimes it's tough to, uh, to match personnel. But Springfield's got some dudes, man, and – and they they played really hard, so it was they nice couple, to have all that success. They had a couple of tough breaks in that game too. They had once they snapped the ball over their punter's head, cost yep. them a safety, and then you know after a safety you have to kick from your way back at the twenty yard line. St. Ed scored a touchdown on that possession, so short field, short field. That was like a nine point mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, Springfield missed a field goal right before half. And at the start of the third quarter, they drove down the field, but then threw an interception in the end zone. So they were a couple of times in the game knocking on the door and just didn't get in. Yeah. Ten-point win for St. Ed's, but maybe not even that far apart of the two teams. Yeah, not not that ten-point spread at all. You know, Mm -hmm. from from watching what was going on, it was, like you said, you just listed all those things. Springfield left, you know, 10 to 14 points on the field for sure. All righty, that finishes up the Friday night, the Friday games. That brings us to uh, Max Saturday, I guess you would call it. Saturday Maction. Saturday Saturday Maction. So starting with the Saturday morning game, undefeated 16-0 Marion Local defeated 14-2 Newark Catholic 42-7, our only running clock oh, game of the weekend. That's painful. I talked to, to Tim. I ran into him at the grocery store Sunday after that game. And, um, you know, we talked for just a minute. He said, I know, you know, the score looked like that, but he said that team was was very physical. And if you watch the game, Marion didn't really run the ball very uh, very well. I mean, Newark Catholic played really good up front. You know, the, the quarterback of Marion, the Audi kid, just he completed some balls and they had receivers make some big plays for him. And, you know, and they blew the game wide open. So, but obviously, you know, having played against them and trying to prepare for them, Marion's just a, a different animal sometimes. They don't screw up. They don't make mistakes. Well, that's pretty much the same note I had for the game. It said they had Newark Catholic had the right idea. They stopped the run. I think Adi actually had negative yards rushing in his first 10 carries. Yeah, he broke away. He broke off a long one second half, didn't he? That sounds right, like a yeah. 50 or 60 yard run in the third quarter. But other than that, yeah, it was really, you know, Newark Catholic did a really nice job. They had a really good game plan and, and some good football players making plays. Marion Local was kind of like, okay, you're going to stop the run. 
see how you like do this. other things. So they started throwing the passes. <laughs> yeah, they're well developed. So what I was missing, I used to go to these games years ago, right? And if, and if you bought the tickets for all the games, you got to sit in the same place where all of the coaches sat because they're the only other people who bought tickets to all the games. And right. back in the days when Delphi St. John was so good, they'd be watching the game and it'd be 14 to nothing in the first quarter and all the head coaches would stand up and start walking out. They'd say, we've seen this before. And they go get a steak dinner before the next game, instead of just a hamburger, if they'd have waited until the game was over. Right. I'm just picturing this at the 1030 start about the end of the first quarter. I can just see all these coaches standing up and heading out for a good lunch before they watch the, uh, yeah. the next two games. I'm saying, well, I've watched this happen before. We'll, uh, let the let the train roll on while we go eat. <laughs> so, by the way, we all predicted that one right. It was kind of hard to predict that one wrong, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a very very special condition when you pick against Marion Local when they look this good. Right. The next two games were much more interesting, however. Um, in the afternoon, Division Six, we had fifteen and one carry defeated thirteen and three Coldwater twenty six to fourteen. And boy, Accurate. was that kid excited for that one. <laughs> she was. She was. That was a fun game to watch just from the standpoint of, of Carrie had their game plan and they stuck with it. They didn't veer from it. They just kept punching cold water in the mouth and punching them in the mouth and punching them in the mouth and then hit a couple little play action things off of it, had some kids make plays, but they were physical, man. Carrie was. I think I had a tailback was 260 pounds. Oh my goodness. And it looked like it looked like some of his linemen were bigger than he was, too. Yeah, they were they weren't little. That was a big football team. Cold from an outside perspective watching that game, I I would have to say, you know, Coldwater would never say this, but I don't Coldwater didn't play very well. Uh, I think if Coldwater plays their normal Coldwater football, they probably win that game. They just seem to have an off day. And Kerry had an on day. So, you know, that's no knock on Kerry. That was a good football team. They were big and physical and well coached. So, you know, they, they deserved to win that day. That was the game I had the toughest time picking last week. I wanted to pick Kerry. Right. And I said, Kerry's going to win the line of scrimmage, but I just figured Coldwater would run around him and throw over him. I thought they'd out-athlete him. Yeah. And kind of looked like they would at the beginning of the game, too. Yeah. Kerry had a couple really talented skill kids, too. It wasn't, you know, they were, they were really big and physical up front, but the quarterback was really talented, and they had a – uh, receiver too. I can't remember what the kids' numbers were. I, I want to say eleven and four, maybe. One was the quarterback, one was a receiver. But they were really good football players. So, yeah, like I said, no, no knock on carry. They they won the game. You know, good for them. Well, I can say early in that game, the teams exchanged some punts, and then Coldwater scored first. But Carry got the ball back, and I was looking at the play-by-play stats. It looked like they just went five to six yards every play right down the field. Just pound 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 five yards six yards yeah they did they they pounded then they hit a, a play action pass or a fade for 30 or so yards down the sidelines and then it was sledgehammer 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 then they went for two and uh Coldwater hit that kid in the backfield and then he just ran through him and drug him in the end zone for two-point conversion so mm. it's a physical physical football so I have to admit I was impressed Kerry was ahead 23 to 7 in the first half yet so it's looking bad for Coldwater. Coldwater gets the ball with what a minute to go maybe 
and they hit a 48-yard pass and then a 27-yard pass to get a touchdown right before halftime to make it make it close going into intermission again. So right. they didn't fold up. They kept playing, that's for sure. And then the second half, not much. Kerry had a long field goal. I think it was 42 yards, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, kid, kid uh, crushed it. But, yeah, there wasn't a lot going on in the second half. I mean, it was a lot of football played between the 20s, if I remember correctly. I'm going to say that long field goal, just one more one more example of what you said. It was Kerry's day that day, wasn't it? Yep, absolutely. And finally, we have what some would argue that Clinton-Massey game earlier might have been better, but this might have been the best game of the weekend. Division 5 for sales beat Kirtland 20-16. to Versailles ends 15-1. and Kirtland ends 14-1. and Kirtland had a 55-game winning streak on the line that went down in that game. So congrats to Versailles. That's something if you beat someone that's won 55 in a row. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that was, that was a, uh, a, a really good football game to watch, really physical. And I, we were so impressed this year with a lot of kids in our conference uh, but the the Bay kid, the quarterback from Versailles that plays outside linebacker, you know, not just him. There's there's plenty of kids on that team that are really good football players. But that kid was really, really special, special high school football player. Tough, physical, smart, made good decisions. It, uh, it was exciting to watch them. I'm happy for their program. And, uh, you know, selfishly, we always, you know, obviously we we try to beat the crap out of each other the first couple weeks of the season. But then once the playoffs hit, it's you know, every, all the Mac schools take care of each other. So uh, it was, it's exciting to watch them win. And like I said earlier, it's exciting to be back over here and get to be a part of that again, you know, growing up in it and then being gone for a while. Like people that aren't around it don't, not that they don't have appreciate an appreciation for how good the football is here, but just don't understand how unbelievably good the football is here. <laughs> now, as we've mentioned more than once, Rebecca and I have a little experience watching Kirtland. When, do when Minster beat them that year, they did it by surviving Kirtland's dominating physical play and throwing around and over them. For yeah, sales, lots of trick a, plays. For sales, took a different approach. They beat Kirtland at their own game here. Um, I noticed the first half for sales actually had 17 minutes time of possession, held Kirtland to only seven minutes. And beat you to keep the ball away from them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like Kirtland actually started resorting to a few uh, trick plays or things out of their comfort zone themselves quite early. I haven't seen them play this year. So I don't know if that was kind of their MO or their normal thing, but it just seemed odd that, you know, 20 for them, I know is a highly recruited kid. And I, I, I guess I didn't understand why they weren't throwing him the ball, but they were pitching him the ball and having him throw halfback passes and stuff. It just seemed odd. And they had a 2,000-yard tailback and didn't run him a bunch. Yeah. I, so I guess I didn't understand. Trying to be unpredictable, maybe? or I, I guess. Know, maybe trying seems... to break tendencies. Like I said earlier, we're, you know, we're, we're not in their locker room or at their practices. Right. And we don't know what their game plan is. So far be it for me to judge a guy who's won 55 games in a row. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, you know, from looking at stats, you know, they got a 2,000-yard tailback and he doesn't run the ball 20 times. And you have a really talented receiver and he's that tailback running toss. I, I I guess I didn't understand what was going on, but like I said, not, it's not our call. That's theirs. And they obviously are very good at what they do. So yeah, for sales actually intercepted them at least two times, maybe three, I don't remember, but it was at least twice. They, they intercepted Kirtland. It just 
seemed out of character for Kirtland, but right, maybe, I agree. It maybe they just like had they never were, been. Maybe they just like they were grasping at straws. Right? Yeah, grasping at straws. So, and by the way, Versailles actually had the twenty-two-three lead at the in the fourth quarter. Kirtland scored twice in the fourth quarter, made it interesting at the end. Probably a few nervous people in Versailles at that time, but also many happy people in Versailles. It's been. I forget how many years. I think about their second or third year in the MAC, they won a state title. So that was our seven state championship games. That is all we have. High school football's over, Rebecca. I know it doesn't affect your life that much, but I got to find something having, else to do now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to miss having a commitment on Tuesday nights. I'm going to have to actually call you just to talk. Oh, I don't know if we can do that. Why did you make that sound so painful? <laughs> no, we, we uh, that's we not how dad and I on, operate. We got plenty to do on our end. We've been been working out like crazy. So we got a lot of work to do and we're still devastatingly young going into next year. Lots to do. Well, actually I don't have to do anything else, Rebecca. I have already got my stats computer with next year's schedule programmed into it i have all the seniors taken off the rosters of all the teams next week i start the uh computer point spreadsheet for next year get it ready to go there you go so nice. your christmas it. shopping done though <laughs> we we do yeah head of the game i saw you got your your fun present wrapped up yesterday dad i did the Monon family christmas gift exchange this year, the presents have to be start with the letter I is our theme. I actually got mine wrapped so it looks like a small letter I. So it's the impressive. It the really presents is. iffy, but the wrapping is great. <laughs> well, we do a, a white elephant <laughs> to get out of trying to think of good gifts for our family members. It's always a good time. It is. Since we didn't have the in-person Christmas last year, I was just able to use the same present I bought last year and been stored in my closet for over a year. Not so. only is there no personalization, it's also not new. Correct. <laughs> so that's why I had to make up for it with good wrapping. The thing go. is, I'm in the same boat, except my eye gift is not going to be creatively wrapped. Any, anyway. We don't have the fun you will have, Coach, there with young kids running around the house that we were hearing. You should have a good Christmas, yeah, a little. I would think little ones tearing stuff open and one of them we got a, a 21 month old and a basically an eight month old seven and a half month old so you know the 21 month old will she'll have fun tearing stuff but the little one the other one will have no clue what's happening so <laughs> does there need she'll to just be, a good, be chewing on paper does there need to be a good president inside or does it just have to have something where he can rip the paper <laughs> off of right just i i was tempted just to rewrap toys we already had but my wife told me, <laughs> me. as long as they didn't notice them missing right before they unwrapped them right i was just trying to save some money around here <laughs> so that wraps up our podcast for this year we'll be back with a couple of preseason podcasts next year don't know exactly when whenever something new comes out such as the new divisions the new competitive balance numbers anything fun like that we'll get a podcast out to you and you better believe if Cincinnati wins the national championship, you'll be hearing from us, right, Rebecca? <laughs> We're going to be insufferable. <laughs> I haven't decided yet if I would find a way to get to Indianapolis to hang out outside the stadium there, if I'll just go to Cincinnati campus and 
watch with 40,000 other people inside the stadium on the on the jumbotron that would be very fun don't you think so? Cincinnati the Cincinnati wins the national championship your your insufferableness would be well well deserved so. <laughs> we're, le- we're already kind of borderline insufferable yeah we are so <laughs> and darn proud to be right <laughs> yeah so anyway, as usual, if you have any questions, comments, ideas for future podcasts, you should send them to where, Rebecca? bdmonin at nktelco.net or tweet at Bruce Monin. It'll get to us. There we go. And make sure you tune in next year as we continue another season of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>